Hi, this is Bernie Torrance. And I'm Carol Yoder, and we'd like to invite you to our program called Living Stones. It's time to move from being a stepping stone to a living stone. God loves you and has a plan for your life. Remember, God doesn't waste anything. You're created to be a believer, walking in wisdom and values. Well, I am so excited today to be in the studio with my compadre, Gail Kreitz, and uh, and we've got a Livingstone broadcast that's very unique. It comes back from uh, really 2008 when the world was falling. That was right at the time of the the Great Recession and the property devaluation and everything. And uh, there was a message that you found from our founder, John Schrock and Jerry Anderson, as they gave a report at our church. And uh, and it really ministered to you, didn't it, Gail? It really did. I've been going through my treasures, quote unquote, and, and downsizing and looking through things and just really jumped out at me that it when I listened to it, it was I could remember being in the sanctuary that day and there were delegates from other countries because you open greeting them, Guatemala and Dominican Republic, Colombia. And uh, Jerry Anderson was going to give us a report about his trips and uh, bringing back his report about what God was doing. And then also a very factual report about what was happening in the world, oh because we could always depend on that. This mm -hmm. is what's happening in the world, facing those facts. Mm -hmm. But as you and Jerry and John always did, even in the midst of reports of facts that sounded dark and could discourage uh, the world, it was peppered with hope. And that's what it did for me. And I thought, Bernie, this is so relevant. Uh, I thought you would even get increased hope from listening to it because it sounds like it could have been it could have been recorded yesterday to encourage all of us. So here we are. Well, we're listening to it today. So let's join uh, John Schrock and Jerry Anderson right now. All right. Well, hey, I want to go to uh, join with me at First Samuel seventeen thirty-seven, and uh, I'm not sure where I was at, what church I was at, either here or where I was. But someone spoke on the story of David and Goliath, and maybe I might have been watching television. I'm not sure where it was at. But. <laughs> Pastor Bill, is that was a Pastor Bill that gave Pastor Bill had uh, inspired me to. To do some thinking and praying on uh, on um, on David's life and what he was doing, and I, I want to paint you a picture this morning about about what I seen in David. Because here's a young man. I'm not sure of his age. Bill, do you remember Pastor Bill? Where you at? Oh, he's back with the kids. Pastor David, do you remember how old he would have been at this time? He was in his teens, youth. Yeah, young guy, 16, 17 years old. And here's a guy that his father sent down to, to visit his brothers to take some, some things, probably bread, or, but more importantly, father wanted to give his sons a, a welcome and love, not thinking he'd send his son down to, to be the provider. But here's this young man that goes down and he sees this giant that is threatening his God. And here's a, a young man, David, who had the belief that this giant couldn't overwin his God. I was thinking about Nate this week. How many got to see Nate's movie? Isn't that great? Oh, 
How many, how many think that Nate's movie's career started in 2000 when he went, to, when he went west? Nate's career started, if you, if you know Nate's life, when he was real little. I mean, that's where Nate's career started. It gave him belief. You were part of giving him belief. Seeing him and laughing and clapping. and You gave him belief so that he could go west. Long before he went to made that movie, he already made that movie because he had belief. I think about David. Long before he fought the giant, he fought the giant. He had belief. You've got to set the scene here. David is hearing about how big and bad this giant is. And he's thinking in his mind, if you read the scripture just before 1737, or 1737, maybe it's like 35 or something, David's saying, what? This guy? Overtake my God? I mean, I have fought the lions. I have fought the bears. What is this guy? See, can you imagine David out by himself, taking care of his father's flocks, and here comes a bear, and I believe it was because God allowed David to build his courage because of what God did at the time he fought the bears. His back's against the wall, and now all of a sudden the bear's coming after him. And I'm sure in his mind he's saying, oh Lord, oh God, oh God. And he took the bear. And then he took the lion, lions. See, he fought the giant long before, and he had... God to deliver him from him. And so when he seen the giant, it was like, wait a minute. We're talking about my God here. My God took the lions. My God took the bears. Surely my God can take this giant. So he was already prepared long before. See, he had what I call belief. Let's look at 37. I'm sorry, 1737. Together, I want to read this to you real quick. It says, uh, let's see, 37. Okay. David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And then the, the king Saul, he says, Hey, David. He said, Go, and the Lord be with you. Now all these other army guys and soldiers and nobody stepped up the plate, but nobody had the belief like David did. And Saul says, hey, go, Lord be with you. And then the king, you know, he's, he's there, and if you read on, but I won't take the time to, this morning, he's, the king is uh, saying, here, take my stuff. It'll make you masterful, you know? It's like, you can have my sword. You can have my armor, my bronze helmet, my plate of shield, and all this stuff. And so David tries all that stuff on, and, and it says that he can't hardly walk, you know? He's like cumbersome. He went for what he knew. David said that, uh, the Bible says that David went down, he picked up five smooth stones. Five smooth stones. Five smooth stones. I think it said belief on it. Because he reached down and there was the stone and, and it said belief, didn't it? In his heart it did. And he took five stones 
He put him in his pouch. He had his sling, because that's what he knew. The question is I have for you today, and I think John's going to deliver that message of what is it that you have to give you belief. When I'm in Mexico City, I'm seeing all this stuff happen. I say, oh, the church has got to see this. The church has got to see what God is seeing, what God is doing. Because it gives me belief, and I've got to get that belief to the church. And we can't stop with just this church. We've got to stop with here in the U.S. We've got to believe that God is, and he's doing other things in other nations, he can do things in this nation. But we've got to believe that it's going to happen, or it's not going to go anywhere. Let me take a look at Mexico, and then you can see. I want to give you this morning belief. Let's do this. Let's pray first. I'm going to pray this morning that God not only give me belief, that I can give this message, what it's been going through my heart and my mind, but I pray that uh, you come out of this message this morning with belief in your heart for what God's speaking to you about. So, Father, I thank you and praise you, Lord, that you're in control of all things. And, God, I ask you this morning if you give me the words and I give you the praise and the glory. God, help us with belief, that we come out of here this morning with, to believe in what you're doing on the earth. This is the time, God, that we believe. Help us, Father. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, this has been uh, just a really uh, incredible time for my, myself personally over the last six months, and probably for many of you because of the change that our world is going through. I know with fuel cost, how many have been affected by fuel cost? Just a few hands. How many's not been affected? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. We use a lot of fuel, and it's affected me in a big way. We use about 70,000 gallons a month. So you can imagine what the cost difference is this year over last year, and I wasn't being paid anymore about that, for that. And so I was, uh, my family and I, we've been in a lot of prayer, believing. And you know, I think through this time, you, what I found about belief is that you go back to what you know. And that's what David was doing. He went back to what he knew. He took off all that stuff and went back to what he knew. What I knew in business was, okay, we've got to make this work. We've got to make the numbers work. We've got to cut this and do that and tried to salvage people so people wasn't the issue because I wanted to be blessable. I wanted God to hear my heart, so I'm on my knees a lot. I'm praying. My family's praying. We're getting together because that's what we know. We know that we are in trouble. We're in troubled times. We come together as a family and we get in a big circle and we pray. I knew that to call on many of you in the church, and I, I just thank you and praise you for your prayers. I talked to my friends around the world, the team in Colombia and Guatemala and Mexico, and there was a lady that uh, I met through a, through a seminar that I did in Pennsylvania. She uh, has a t television program in Arizona. She's a prayer warrior. And she wrote me an email and said, Hey, God told me to pray for you. And these are the things... It was like, wow, those are the things that I was going through. See, I believe that's what God wanted me. He wanted me to have belief, but I needed belief. I needed to have those prayer warriors stand me up, and I believe that's why I'm coming to you this morning as a church. 
because of what God's doing with Lored throughout the world. But I got to tell you some good news. For the prayer warriors that's been praying for me, oh, wow. You know, the, I, I, for those who don't know, I'm in the satellite business and cable business. And, and I got a phone call, you know, a few weeks, about a, a week ago from uh, Denver. And they said, you know, we want to favor you. And uh, we're going to make up the, nearly the, all the loss that you went through the first six months. What company does that? You know, it's like, wow. That's the God I serve, huh? Yeah. Yeah. They asked me to send them a proposal of what do I think it should be, what our contract should be. And our staff worked on that. We prayed over it. And uh, we sent that to them. And within a dollar, they came back with the numbers that I sent them. And then they threw on a bonus on top of it that went well over the dollar. Yeah, that's the God I serve. I believe that's because of belief. We could have gave up. We could have. And many of, many of the guys like myself that were around the country that do what I do, they did give up. They closed call centers. They, they closed this. They closed that. And for them to be able to come back and continue on, it's, it's gonna, it'll, they'll be able to do it, but it'll be really struggling times to rehire and rebuild and do all that stuff. I just praise God, number one, that he allows belief. Yeah. Hey, let me show you what's on Mexico's. In Mexico, listen, uh, I'm going to jump down number three, first lady. I've met three first ladies in the last 12 months. I don't know, something about God's putting me in front of first ladies. I, I think the power is in the first lady, not the president. Because <laughs> if the power was in the president, I'd be meeting with the president. But no, it's been with first ladies. Well, the power is with the first lady. But at this wedding I was invited to, it was a huge wedding, I don't know, three, 4,000 people. I told my wife, it went, they picked me up at 9.30 in the morning, and they brought me back at 10 o'clock that evening. What a wedding. But at this wedding, I had spent some time with the first lady. The pastor who brought us to Mexico, the pastor who brought us to Mexico in uh, December, and, and by the way, he heard, this pastor had heard of what Lored accomplished three years earlier in Morelia, Mexico. He had heard from another pastor, wow, this team from Colombia and the U.S. came and, and trained and worked and developed the governor's employees. And what a change in our employees. You've got you to gotta talk to these people. So three years ago, if you remember, we went to Morelia, Mexico. We went there. We did a training for half of the staff of the governor of the state of Michigan. Half the staff. And so we come home. I just get home, and I get an email, and the governor says, Oh, we got to get the other half. We're seeing such a change in my people. You got to come next week and train the other half. Now, we could have made a choice to say, Oh, you know, the timing's not right right now. You know, I just was out of the country. I got this to do. I got that to do. And I remember that decision. I remember it was a difficult decision to say, Oh, I got to go back there again. But we chose to believe that that's what God was calling us to do. And so we went back to Mexico. We brought the same Columbia team. Somebody had to pay for that stuff. We had to pay for all the tickets and all that stuff again. And we're just believing God. And here it comes. God, again, anointed those uh, Columbia trainers. 
God came all over him, walked away with a 250 of the other staff trained. And I'm thinking at that time, all right, God, we're going to see some harvest from the seed that we just planted. And then we didn't hear anything out of Mexico for three years. That was slow, slow harvest. In December, I get a call from this lady. I'm a pastor's wife here in Mexico City to a large church of 20,000. We heard what happened in Marilia. Would you come and talk to us? If you remember about two or three years ago, in December, I went to Russia like December 17th or something. And I said at that time, oh, Lord, I don't ever want to go away in December again. I mean, it's, December is a, it's just a great month for me. I just enjoy December. Family time and all the things with my employees. It just and uh, my wife is reminding me of those. Uh, you, you said you weren't going to do this again. But I believe that God was calling for, and he's calling at a time that I'm saying, ah, it must be something that he wants to do. And so we went to Mexico. We met with the pastor and his wife and several leaders, and, and then they took us to the, where the president of the country, and I wish we had time this morning. Maybe we did. Did we show that video of the, of, of the president? You remember the video from the president of Mexico where he said, we want to transform this nation. We want to bring about God's kingdom. Well, that president had assigned a man to take over the police because there's so much corruption in the national and federal police and the AFI, the FBI agents, and the border patrols and the, the uh, drug, um, yeah, with drug cartel and stuff. And so here was a president assigned a man to take it. I remember going to meet him in December. Tough guy. He reminds you of the guy that, you know, he had the little, the, I call it the Mexican mustache, little short, heavy guy. He would be the guy to come up to your car and say, hey, you know, you're going to jail. You get that picture in your mind. I mean, that's what this guy looked like. It was like, when I walked in his office, I'm thinking, oh my, he looks like corruption all over him. If there's a picture of corruption, this is him. <laughs> But uh, as he sat, and I shared the story of what happened in Colombia, because I, God gave me belief in Colombia. God gave me belief in Guatemala. And so I'm talking to this guy, and he said, yes, this is a program we'd like to start. I'll get my men right on it. We'll start it with my men. I said, no, I won't bring it to start with your men. It's like, I said that? What I said? <laughs> I said, it starts with you. And he backed up, and he got embarrassed. He said, no, 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 I, I, I will be in this once a month. I said, no, you'll be in the program. Oh, yes, that's what I mean. I'll be in the program. And this guy was in the program. He took it throughout all the top leaders in the police. 37,000 were training there in Mexico. Incredible. And every time I go, every quarter I go, see, we'll see these policemen change in front of our eyes. The director there said, cannot believe the transformation taking place in our lives of our, our police. Unbelievable. Uh-uh. Believable. Yeah, believable. This man, if you've read it or seen on the news about Mexico, there's so many, there was killings at the top level in the police. That's because the decisions that they're making is get rid of corruption. We're not going to be held hostage to, to, the, to, the, um, yeah, to the drug lords. His life had so many threats on it. Some of the people who worked for him was taken out. You probably read that. His life had so many threats on it, finally the president pulled him out and gave him a new position. Where do you think that new position is? He's in charge of all the federal prisons. He was at the wedding sitting beside me. He said, this is the most amazing project. 
He said, I took it from the police, and they're going to continue, and now we're taking it to the prisons, started in September. That's belief. Yeah, praise God, yes. Okay, 37,000, First Lady. Oh, the pastor that brought me there, I wanted to tell you this real quick. The pastor had brought in a man from Colombia for the second largest church in the world. Okay, have you probably heard of it? It's called G12. Like a, close to a million people that's actually in his congregation in, in, in many, many countries around the world. This guy and his pastor, his pastor is Pastor Cho from Korea, the largest church in the world. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting with the guy who's really involved in the largest church in the world today. And this pastor in Mexico City is, is under this guy. And he's saying, I, I, matter of fact, at the wedding, I'm sitting there at the table, and, and to the young lady that sent me a letter this morning from the government, I said to her, I said, you know, I, I would like to meet with that pastor before I leave, you know, maybe sometime before he leaves. She said, okay, I'll, I'll see if I can set that up. And so, <laughs> and Bernie and John had met this guy years ago, this pastor that I'm speaking about. And so, uh, 20 minutes later, here comes the pastor from Mexico and says, hey, I understand you want to meet with Pastor Consalo. How do you pronounce his name? Constilio? Is that right? Constilio? And I said, yes, I would, you know, sometime. He said, okay, come on. I was like, right in the middle of the wedding reception. He was like, you know, the bands are playing and everybody's celebrating. And, and so we went off to the corner and we started to meet. And, and this pastor from Mexico started it because now he has belief. He said, Pastor, he said, this is the best thing that God has done in our church for a long time. He said, you know, it took us five years to get 1,300 small groups here in Mexico City. And in January, we took on Lored. And in five months, we have started 1,200 small groups. And he said, Pastor, i got to tell you that it's amazing of the change that's taking place of my people. He said, this is only God. And this pastor from Columbia said, you know, God's been speaking to me about small groups. And he said, he put a challenge in my heart to start 100,000 roundtables in 52 days. Well, he didn't say roundtable, he said small groups. In 52 days. 100,000 small groups in 52 days. And he said, I started the project and felt, ah, it's, the timing's not right. He said, then I started again. He said, the uh, timing's not right. He said, could this be what God is waiting for me? He said, come see me in September, because I'm in Columbia in September. He said, come see me in September. He said, understand, there'll be a lot of things, a lot of steps that we'll have to go through before we take this on because of, you know, of who we are and how big we are. And, but we'd like to start working that relationship. I believe. <laughs> I believe, yeah. Hey, let's all say, I believe that we're going to take on that church. That'll be huge. They have, <clears throat> they have church in just about every nation, he was telling me. All over North America, South America, Europe, Africa. This is a large church. Okay. Next one. Uh, Ulysses. Ulysses, many of you met. He came from, he's the president's, uh, one of the right-hand guys. He's in government, one of the smartest men that I've ever met. Ulysses, when I was there this last week, took me to two of the largest TV stations in the nation. And he's been telling them about what Lorette is doing. And the one station said, first one I met with, said, yes, we, we want to get behind this. 
Let us show you some commercials that we're running right now. They showed me the commercials they're running. I didn't need to know the words. I could, under, I could understand it by just seeing what was happening. I mean, it was like one guy was standing on the street corner waiting to get across the street in a busy street, and he's trying to get across, and nobody will stop. The cars just keep on going. And then the next scene is he's got a beard because he's waiting so long. And then the next scene is he's kind of crippled over as an old man, and the next scene he's got a cane. He's still waiting to get across the street. I mean, they're trying to teach values and principles. They had many commercials like that, 20-second commercials. They give me a copy of them. I have an appointment with um, ABC in New York in September. I'm taking it. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I'm just believing that God is going to do something big there with our ABC. Ulysses, wow. The second TV station said, hey, we want to, we, we've been talking about something like this. Our owner has said, even if we have to give an hour a week, said, can we put the immersion on an hour a week in, throughout all of Mexico? Could it work? They sent two people from the TV station, I'm sorry, one person from the TV station, one of the coordinators, down to the immersion last Friday where the Columbia team was at to view that to see how they could get involved. Praise God. Yeah. Chrysler Foundation. Ulysses puts me in front of the president of the Chrysler Foundation of all Mexico. And he said, wow, this is what we need. He said, if this is what we think can change Mexico, We'll help support it by putting on trainers. We'll pay for the trainers in Mexico. Yeah. Let's give God a hand on that one, huh? Woo! Yeah. He's talking 10 to 20 trainers, full-time trainers in Mexico. Yeah. I love it. Cancun's waiting. I talked to the mayor. I had the, the mayor was there at the wedding. I talked to the mayor of Cancun and the police... Uh, chief, they both, hey, let's go as soon as you can get there. Can you come in August? Can you come in September? What month can you start? We want to change our city, Cancun. February is a good month? Okay. <laughs> you know the way God works, it'll be like August. <laughs> yeah, do you really want it? Government offices in Tijuana, in August I have an appointment in Tijuana with the mayor and the police chief there. Because of all the corruption that's happening in Tijuana, I mean, God just keeps on opening doors. I can go on about Mexico. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. I was in so many meetings that Ulysses put me into. I talked to the mayor of one of the cities in Mexico City, uh, maybe 9 million people that he's in charge of, of his city. And uh, in September, we do a training of 40 of his top people, him included. And it said, if these 40 change like what you're telling me the police is changing, I want all 5,000 of my employees trained. That's coming up in September. I believe. Yeah, I believe. All right. Let's move on quickly. Okay, Columbia. I just told you about the pastor there. 100,000 group, small groups in 52 days, I believe. Supreme Court. I've been asking for the Supreme Court for the last three years in, in Colombia. I believe John had told us in 1991 that if we're going to change a nation, you have to change the justice system. And so Guatemala, the justice system. And I know that we've got to get to the Supreme Court. And the timing is coming up that's right because eight of their judges are going to be changed in the next few months. And this pastor, Pastor Little, who knows? Thank you very much. He said, hey, I can help you get there. Yeah, I can help you get there. So we'll be in front of the Supreme Court, I'm sure, next year. Columbia has 2,000 roundtables, 400,000 the Army, Navy, Air Force, National Police. 
We, in September, Lance Walmount and myself and a team is going down to Columbia. We're going to be with Hector Pardo, a pastor there, who is, I got to talk fast because of my time, but if, you re, if you've seen on the news what's happening there in Columbia with the 15 people that was just rescued with that raid, I, I, receive, I have received phone calls from Columbia over the last two days and the emails of people saying, thank you, Lored, thank you. Yeah, praise God. Thank you, Lorette. Man, Carol, how do you how do you say anything other than I'm a believer? <laughs> well, we're talking about belief, right? So, and oh. we're hearing about belief, and so that's a very appropriate response, Bernie. You know, it's amazing to think this is a this was at a time that was very crucial in our in our nation because that was when the real estate market had fallen and right. there were some terrible things that happened. But God injects belief. Do you think that that same spirit is in the earth today? Well, I heard a lot of great stuff in there, and I do. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like um, belief, so many people, we need belief mm -hmm. right now. We need, to, we need to hear hope, hope and belief, mm -hmm. inspiration, right? Yes. Those are the things we need. But I also heard preparation mm -hmm. and how David, you know, he was preparing yes. in private yes, yes, before yes. he ever went public. Goliath was public. Yeah. And the report was, man, he, this guy's, you know, done a lot of stuff. And yet here was David. God was preparing David in oh private my. until his moment came. Yes, there it is. And he gained belief by experience, but that experience happened in private. That's amazing. That's where character is built. Character is built in the private parts. And, uh, and what a time it is to have this message, you know, the roundtable. It's amazing. Pakistan and Lebanon. Tell us about those nations that are now 2021. Well, we know that those people, there are people in those nations that have been reaching out to us to do roundtables mm -hmm. and knowing that the, the, the message of values is mm. the message that we hear around the world. And, you know, there's a saying, the shot that was heard yeah. around the world, sure, right? Sure, uh, But this is the word that's being spoken around the world, I believe, that is resounding, and that's a message of values. Mm -hmm. And we just recently saw a bunch of youth. There's a Lebanon mm -hmm. youth. Um, it's an initiative. That's what it is. A Lebanon Youth Club, right, uh -huh. that they formed, and they're going through roundtables. And... And they are so excited. They gave us little reports. Mm -hmm. If anybody wants to listen to those, they can mm -hmm. go on the Facebook page of Global Priority Solutions and listen to those. Mm -hmm. But the, it was so exciting, Bernie, because we talked about this on our call that there's a tone that comes. Mm -hmm. And so roundtables, they're not doing them. They're doing them in small groups. But those youth, just mm -hmm. like David was being prepared in private, mm -hmm these youth are preparing their character for whatever they're going to be doing. Jerry was saying David was 15 or 16 when he faced Goliath. And I think that's what we're seeing is that uh, in many of the nations that we're in now, the youth are the majority of the population because the uh, because of the uh, lack of medical care, you know, the population is uh, 40, 50 percent, uh, 21, 22 and younger. Yeah. And it feels like that age group has like the the chutzpah or you know to um to take something forward those youth have the they have like this 
energy and they have hope mm-hmm. in the possibilities that are still to come. And I think like sometimes when people are young, they don't know any better, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's like they don't have enough experience that they know that it shouldn't be possible maybe. <laughs> and so what what a beautiful thing to see um, youth like David that that belief, that preparation is behind the scenes, that belief is built, and then they come out just fired up Mm -hmm. because justice, I think, is another word that I see. Like David was like, the, the story of David in the Bible, it's like, he was like, why are we putting up with this? Injustice. This guy is insulting our God. And it's like, how many times do we feel insulted these days? Like that God is, they're insulting God by the things that they're saying Mm. publicly. And how are we going to fight that? We, well, we need to prepare ourselves with God. All things are possible. Amen. Would you close us in prayer as we as we uh, energize this group of believers? I'm so excited to be believing again, Carol. Please. I would. I just want to say too. That's another note that I just made is that um, Jerry talked about how we believe through prayer, and prayer is also a private thing, Bernie. Mm-hmm. It's that place of preparation mm-hmm. of our spirit in private. And I just, and where we develop relationship with God. So Lord, we come to you right now in prayer, in that place where you can give us belief because we talk to you. Prayer is just talking to you and listening to you, God. And we can have a conversation with you and know that you are a relational God and that you long to have conversation with us. Lord, in that place of prayer, I pray pray that you will prepare us for the things that you have ahead of us, the things that you've called us to before we were ever even born, Lord, that you knew and you know the pages that are written for us. Help us not to um, neglect or forget to to um, ask you about those things. Lord, I pray for everyone that's listening, the times where they have felt excited about their future. What was it, Lord, that got them excited? I pray that they would begin to prepare, begin to prepare behind the scenes, begin to slay bears, begin to slay lions when they are, when they're just, tending the sheep when they're going to work every day, when they're taking care of their families, Lord, that you are preparing them for the next step and the next step. Lord, thank you. We, we say in our podcast that you don't waste anything. And I believe that's true. You build on the experiences that we have with you. You build on our belief, Lord, that there are stones of remembrance that we've talked about, that, that they're built they're built and then we can look back and see all that you have done for us and our belief grows and grows until we can slay giants so lord we just ask that we would continue to be prepared lord pray these things in the name of jesus amen
Please visit us at www.lored.org for more values-based leadership material. And if you've enjoyed this program, please sign up for the weekly downloads and share this podcast with your friends.